0: You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton, and I'm a psychologist, been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps, I'm delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I started last week's podcast episode by saying, forget past. We went on to talk about how it's relatively easy, certainly conceptually relatively easy, to understand that we need to forget the immediate past. There's no point in thinking about something that you did yesterday wishing it undone. What's done is done. You are where you are, in the here and now, and that's what matters. We cannot redo the past. And as we said last week, we may be able to learn from the past, but that is really the only value that the immediate past has. Now, I'm making a distinction between the immediate past and what we went on to talk about last week in relation to the dim and distant past. That's what I want to dwell on first in this week's podcast episode. The dim and distant past has a far greater impact upon us than things just past. Things that might be occupying or preoccupying our mind as a result, as we said last week, of something that we wish we hadn't done or wish we'd done differently or better. And that's all very well and bad. It's not very well and good because there's nothing you can do about redoing the past. That's all well and bad. But it isn't really where the action is at in terms of changing your life, in terms of developing your ability to be present, in terms of getting over the dim and distant past, or if I can put it more bluntly, getting over yourself, or if I can put it more factually, getting over your conceptual self or who you think you are. The dim and distant past casts its shadow over every now, as long as as we are allowing our minds run normally. Let's consider that for just a minute. If you stop, say say after this podcast, you give yourself a few minutes to just sit down in peace and quiet, you'll discover that neither of those things is actually your experience. Your mind won't be peaceful. Your mind won't be quiet. You will notice that your mind is peppering you with sometimes totally inane and ridiculous thoughts. Thoughts that have nothing to do with where you are or what you're doing in the here and now. Thoughts that you can't even join up the dots and know where those thoughts have even come from. Rubbish thoughts, in other words. Because our mind is throwing rubbish thoughts at us all of the time, even even when we are on the journey of taking charge of our own state of mind, clearing our mind, coming into the present moment and living our life to the full. Because that is what our minds have been doing to us, not for us, to us, all of our adult life. So, as an exercise, before you do anything else after listening to this, sit down somewhere quiet, in peace and quiet and discover that it's not peaceful or quiet at all. That's an important exercise because these inane, totally ridiculous thoughts that are unrelated to anything are all coming from the one place And they're not original thoughts. They're not related to what's going on today. They are thoughts that are swilling around in the undercurrent of your own thinking mind all of your adult life. And they're the same thoughts day in, day out. And we come to be aware of them to a greater and greater extent the more we clear our mind. Indeed, very often when people start meditating, they come to me and they say, my mind Is getting worse. My mind is getting noisier. The rubbish in my head is ridiculous." And I say to them, no, it's not getting noisier. It's not getting worse. It's just that through your developing awareness, you are becoming aware of just how crazy the inner machinations of your normal crazy thinking mind actually are. All of these thoughts originate in our childhood. All of these thoughts may be artefacts of things that happened to us or for us in our childhood. Sometimes often really insignificant little things like playing with a toy or losing a toy or remembering the school playground or something that you can't, as I said a couple of minutes ago, even understand where the thought originated in the first place. But I can tell you all of these thoughts originate in our childhood. But that's really not what I'm interested in in this conversation. I'm interested in forgetting the big past. And by that I mean the formative thoughts that are rattling around in your head today, that you learned when you were young and impressionable, that made and left A mark on your psyche, if I can put it like that. In other words, created this illusion of who you think you are. I used the phrase conceptual self just a minute ago. Construct based on a number of concepts that you learned when you were young and impressionable. Now, why am I dwelling on this? I have had three conversations with people over the last few weeks. People who have big issues with things that happened to them when they were young and impressionable. And I'm talking about serious stuff. And I've said to each of the three people, as I've said to hundreds of people before them, it doesn't matter what happened to you when you were three or four or five or six, all the way up to 10 or 12. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad it was. What you want to do is forget the past. I was talking to one particular guy who'd been abused when he was six or seven years of age, and in the six or seven years before I met him, when he became an online programme owner a couple of years ago, he had been to multiple counsellors, multiple psychoanalysts, multiple professionals. I was going to say so-called professionals, but let's not go off into too dark a place. But maybe I should actually characterize them as such, because what did each of them do? They asked him to go back and delve into the abuse that he had suffered. Effectively, what they had done is they had given him the opportunity again and again and again to relive the abuse again and again and again to deepen the hurt again and again and again to what end i don't know he doesn't know And they don't know because all they're doing is basing their work on stuff that came about as a result of the birth of psychology 120 years ago. Psychoanalysis. Let's go back and dig up the past so that in some way we can cleanse ourselves of it. And in the process, as I said a moment ago, relive the past. One of the counsellors with whom he worked told him that he should go home and sit with his girlfriend over the course of an evening, and explain in detail, blow by blow, the abuse that he had suffered at the hands of a relative when he was six or seven years old. Utter madness. Unprofessional. Forget the past. It doesn't matter. The past doesn't matter because the past is only a load of thoughts, Big thoughts, granted, thoughts that are based on stuff that you learned about yourself, in particular during the third year of your life, as we've said before. But thoughts that are from the past, that have no place in the here and now. If you had a traumatic childhood, and unfortunately I know lots of people who had, if you're one of these people, like many people who have said to me, oh, it's my parents' fault or my siblings' fault or I blame this person or that person. That's not taking responsibility for your own life. That is looking for an excuse as to why you have not taken responsibility for your own life. The only person who can take responsibility for your life is you. The only person who can take responsibility for your own state of mind, luckily, is you. You're the only one who can, and in taking responsibility for your own state of mind, you will change your life by starting to actually experience your life. The only place in time you can experience your life is where it is lived, which is here and now, and the past has no place in it. So forget the past. At the risk of repeating myself, forget the past. Conceptually, it's easy enough to understand that the past has nothing to do with the present moment. I mean, it's kind of obvious when you think about it. Experientially, it's an entirely different thing for the simple reason that the way in which our minds have habitually worked all of our adult life lends itself to repetitively remembering the past and subconsciously reliving the past and subconsciously feeling bad about ourselves all over again as a result of things that were done to us by third parties. You cannot forget the past by simply conceptually understanding the simplicity of the idea. You can't forget the past Even if you delve into, as my program owners do, the detailed science in relation to the impact that the past is having on your ability to live your life now, and having access to the science that tells you how to forget the past. The science makes no difference, really. And even though I've been working in this area for 27 years and I throw a whole heap of science at everybody when I meet them first, eventually people say to me, we don't want to hear the science anymore. We want to experience the difference. That is how we forget the past. We forget the past through experience of the present. It's the only way. Deep, profound experience of the present experiencing the present through our five senses free from our thinking mind as we've said so many times in this podcast our thinking mind stops us doing if i'm going to labor this point for a minute but if you are confronted by a man or woman eating tiger seven or eight thousand years ago as a hunter-gatherer if you stopped to think about what you needed to do you'd be dead our thinking mind gets in the way of our doing mind Our doing mind is our experiencing mind. That is quite easy, actually, to immerse in the present moment. And the more you immerse yourself in the present moment and the more you experience the present moment, the more you will forget the past. There is a tried and trusted and scientifically validated exercise that we can do to experience here and now, the reality of the here and now, free of our thoughts. And that, as you know, is meditation. As I've said to many people before, and I'll say it again to you now, if you didn't meditate this morning, you're a fool. Because it is the one key that we all have at our disposal to forget the past and, more importantly, experience the present moment now people have said to me oh i couldn't meditate i'm a roman catholic that's a real quote by the way and i mentioned that to a group of people a couple of years ago and they chuckled at the idea but as i said to them hold on a church of england vicar just up the road from where we're sitting banned yoga from the village hall last week because it's the church of england (laughs) meditation has nothing to do with religion Okay, some people will use meditation as part of their religious practice. But at its most fundamental and scientific level, meditation has nothing to do with religion. At its most fundamental and scientific level, meditation has nothing to do with spirituality even. Although it opens a gateway into an experience of who you are that may lead you off on a spiritual pathway. But that's not the conversation we're having here today. The conversation we're having here today is that you can use meditation to enable you experience the present. And the more you experience the present, the more you forget the past. And the more you forget the past, the less power the past has over you. And sooner or later, the past has no power over you at all. So if you didn't meditate this morning, you're a fool. If you forgot to meditate this morning, and in hearing this you are going to get annoyed with yourself for forgetting to meditate this morning, forget that. It's in the past. Forget the past. Come into the present moment and experience the here and now. Other people have said to me, I can't meditate. Meditation does nothing for me. I'll quote John Kabat-Zinn of the University of Massachusetts Medical School on this one: "If you can breathe, you can meditate. It's as natural as breathing in and out." Someone else said to me a couple of years ago, in a workshop, in an advanced workshop, with advanced clients who had been meditating for years, one of the girls in the group said, "Oh, meditation doesn't really do it for me." I said to her, "How often do you meditate?" And she kind of hymned and hawed. And I said, well, do you meditate every day? No, not really. Do you meditate a couple of times a week? No, not really. A few times a month? No, not really. Have you ever meditated? And she said, no. I said, how then can you say meditation doesn't turn you on? People hear the message understand the concept and fail to take the one and only step that we can all take to live our lives to the full and that is practice being in the present that's all we need believe me that is all you need people will complicate the matter indeed even I, from time to time, will get involved in deep and meaningful conversations with clients about their purpose in life. And and that's cool. We all need to know which direction we would love our lives to go in. But the direction we would love our lives to go in will never manifest itself until we forget the past and experience the present and live this moment because this is where your life is lived. That opens up everything. You end up understanding what your grand purpose in life is, by the way. I I know what your purpose in life is. And you know it too. It's just that you don't know you know it at this moment in time because you're not experiencing the present deeply enough. So we need to meditate. We need to become present. And we need to, to use an Irishism, stop fecking around. I have a very good friend of mine, a long-standing client who I have known for 27 years. Is it 27? It is 27 years. It's 27 years this month since he did his very first workshop with me in 1996. Okay, I'm an accountant, so that's 26 years, isn't it? told you before, I'm no good at adding or subtracting. 26 years ago, he did his first ever workshop with me. It happened to be my first ever open workshop in Dublin. In the dim and distant past and he took up meditation and he put it down again and then a few years later he did one of my advanced workshops and he took up meditation and he put it down again and so on and so forth until about five or six years ago the group of advanced clients of which he was a member all decided they would help each other out so the setup a big deal, a WhatsApp group, it actually turned out to be a big deal for the simple reason that each of them encouraged each other. And at last, after decades, he took up meditation and didn't put it down. And it has changed his life. So if you're finding the discipline of meditation difficult, or should I say the discipline of doing it every day difficult, get yourself a meditation buddy. If you're a member of my online program team up with an online program owner. You meet them every fortnight on Zoom, don't you? If you're not a member of my online program, if you're a member of, for example, my Facebook group, my open Facebook group, not my program owner's Facebook group, the one I'm talking about is to succeed dot dot dot, just let go. Ask somebody to buddy up with you, will you? Because the more encouragement we have from outside people, the more likely we are to hold our own feet to the fire and discipline ourselves. Now, just as an aside, an important aside. Discipline is the rock most people perish on. They understand the concepts. They know what they have to do. They start doing it, but as I said a minute ago, then they stop doing it again. And it's almost in our nature to always fall back into our old habitual ways until we break that mold. Now, the interesting thing is that science tells us we can break that mold in eight weeks. I know you will have heard various different people tell you that you can break a habit in 21 days or create a new habit within 21 days. There is very little scientific background in relation to that, very little scientific evidence or research. But there is a whole heap of evidence and research in relation to the eight weeks I've just mentioned. People meditating for eight weeks have a different shape brain than they had before the eight weeks started. Eight weeks will change your brain, literally, physically, your physical brain. Eight weeks will change your life. I'm not saying you have to meditate every morning for eight weeks, be great if you did. But if you meditated most warnings for eight weeks, you will be in a different place. But most people fall down. We're only human. We all fall down from time to time. And indeed, I just had a conversation with somebody who has fallen down. I've known her for three years at this stage, and she has fallen down. And I said to her, I'm going to give you some high-quality, high-end psychological advice. Put yourself together. Get up dust yourself off and start again because discipline is the one that we all fall down on so many people over the years have said to me i know what i have to do i'm not disciplined enough now one of the things that i do is i help people be disciplined enough to change their lives and change their lives for good if you're not a member of the online program There's an opportunity right now to join the online programme. And this week, I'm recording this on the 22nd of November. It will go out tomorrow, which is today, if you're listening to it, on the 23rd of November. On the 25th of November, Black Friday, I will be offering the online programme at a 40% discounted price for lifetime access, but also for... Ongoing one-to-one email support and for the first 20 people who sign up on Black Friday, a free 60-minute one-to-one consultation. Why? Because I am, if you want me, your travelling companion on the adventure of your lifetime. Okay. Meditation is the one thing that you have to do. That provides you with the basis on which to create the life that you would love to live and yes the lady that i mentioned a couple of minutes ago who i was talking to over the last couple of days who had fallen down she had fallen down between the cracks of the cut and thrust of her everyday life she was feeling down she was feeling dark this is somebody who is meditating she's feeling down and feeling dark because of the thoughts that she was having during the course of the day. And what I said to her, I will say to you now, this is a practical tip for you. You need to be clear in your own mind and clear enough to notice when you're thinking thoughts that are not related to what you're doing now or where you are now. That's why I suggested the exercise that I suggested about 10, 15 minutes ago in this episode. Go and sit down and notice the lack of peace and quiet in your mind. What we need to do is become aware of the thoughts in our own head, not the bad thoughts, any thoughts. Because a little inane thought, like the inane thoughts that I mentioned earlier on, are ambassadors. They are kind of scouts for the bad thoughts that are lurking in the depths, that will latch themselves onto the first thought to which you give your attention. Let me give you another analogy for it. It's like you're driving along the road, and I know somebody will probably say to me, oh, hold on, you know, I'm being sexist now, but this is what happens. driving along the road and a pretty girl is thumbing a lift and you say to yourself oh i'm going to stop for her and just as you pull up and you open the door three scruffy guys come out of the bushes behind they all pile into your car that is how bad thoughts enter your head they present themselves as an inane thought first of all and then the bad stuff comes thoughts are like a shoal of piranhas preceded by a goldfish So you need to notice the goldfishes because if you catch the goldfishes and don't give them your attention, the piranhas have no one to follow. This is something that we need to do all of the time until we get to the point where we don't need to do it anymore. And believe you me, I've worked with people in this area for the last 27 years, believe you me, that after four or five weeks, You won't have to notice the goldfish anymore because the goldfish will swim on by. For now, remember the couple of key things that I have said in this week's episode. Number one, whichever meditate, your life depends upon it. Number two, at some point after this episode today, set a few minutes aside in peace and quiet and sit down and discover the lack of peace and quiet in your own head. It's an education in itself. And third become aware of the goldfish. And we'll talk again in the coming days. Oh, by the way, if you do happen to miss the opportunity to join the online programme on Black Friday, it's going to be closed for the rest of this year. I may open it again in the new year. I may not. Who knows? I don't know, because I'm living in the here and now. You've been listening to succeed, just let go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-portal.com.